Welcome to the Hardwick Evangelical Church Weekly Podcast. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust, of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. But the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of tree, tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The God, Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Thank you very much, Jane and Miriam, for bringing those readings to us. I'm now going to invite uh, Brother Sam to uh, come forward. It's great to be able to welcome uh, Brother Sam this morning. Uh, I must confess that everything I know about Franciscan friars, I've learned from the internet in the last week. Uh, so it must all be true. Uh, but one of the things I did learn was that uh, Brother Sam isn't... Uh, 
totally unknown in these parts. He spent some time in Cambridge, and so this is an area that is, uh, is known to him a little bit. But before I hand over uh, and we can hear what God wants to say to us through Brother Sam, uh, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. Give us ears to hear what it is that you are wanting to say to us today through Brother Sam. Thank you, Keith, and thank you for your welcome. It's very good to be with you and uh, to share with you in this in this service today. I I brought with me this morning. I brought a gift, a, a, a great, in fact, a great treasure, uh, a treasure which is rich and which is precious. A treasure on which our lives depend. None of us could do without it. It is a gift of, it's a treasure of a miracle of sustenance which calls for our attention, our prayerful attention, and our cherishing and our respect. I brought with you, with me, A bucket of soil, the gift of good earth. It's just over a week since the end of the COP26 conference in Glasgow, a conference attended by 30,000 people from around the world, politicians and pundits economists and eco-activists, industrialists and oil magnates, and everyone on the spiritual spectrum from archbishops to druids. And they met to address the climate crisis which the world is facing, which I'm not going to go into the details of it, but I'm sure you've heard a lot about it over the last few weeks. I would rather to bring your attention down to earth, literally, from the crux of this crisis which everybody in Glasgow has been talking about and trying to address is our relationship with what's in this bucket. It may look dead and dirty stuff. It may seem mucky and mundane. Actually, this is lovely compost here. Mm. Um, and it may seem not much to do with a Sunday gathering of Christians. But believe me, our relationship with Earth, what we see in it, how we value it and care for it, is a profoundly spiritual affair. affair which lies at the heart of our faith, our following of Jesus Christ. But our relationship with the earth is integral to our relationship with Jesus Christ. We heard those words just now. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, and they 
on from the book of Genesis a bit further on, God formed the first human, Adam, from the dust of the earth. Adam, from the Adana, which is the Hebrew word for earth. We are earthy creatures, all of us, loved, formed, and breathed into existence with a responsibility to till and keep the soil, to serve and guard the soil, to love it and cherish it as God, the source and sustainer of life, does. And I would suggest to you that it's because we have lost sight of the precious gift of our earthiness, because we have become detached from that sense of relationship with the earth. And I've lost that sense of connection between our relationship with Jesus Christ and our relationship with the earth. Because we are out of tune with the sun of the earth, that today we are struggling. And tomorrow, who knows? In the words of the prophet Isaiah, the earth dries up and withers. The whole world withers and grows sick. The earth's high places sicken. The earth itself is desecrated by the feet of those who live in it, says Isaiah. But in all the words that have been spoken about the climate crisis, about carbon and coal, about policies and promises, about economy, economics and eco-technologies, it all comes down to what's in this bucket. And I want to offer three very basic insights about the earth from our Christian faith, from our Christian tradition, which we need to remember which we need to relearn, relearn, or maybe even to discover for the first time. And the first thing is that we do, in fact, need to get down to earth. Some years ago, in a posh London magazine, uh, there was an advert by a person offering a home concierge service. They were offering to be a cleaner, actually. And uh, the strap line went, life is too precious to have to bother with the mundane. Life is too precious to have to bother with the mundane. In fact, I think the opposite is true. The mundane, that which is earthy, is so precious that is that it is foolish, it is sinful even, for us not to bother with it. For the God in whom we believe, the God who calls us, is one who loves the world, the cosmos, so much that he gives his only son for it. God loves not just us humans, God loves the cosmos, the whole shebang, every particle of dust, every grain of sand, every atom in existence. 
God knows it and loves it so much that God himself comes down to earth to participate in its mundaneness, its earthiness. There's wonderful words from that reading from John's Gospel with which they finish. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. St. Francis, Francis of Assisi, and you must forgive me if I mention him a few times, um, but as a Franciscan friar, I'm, I'm shaped by his worldview, his following of Jesus Christ. So Francis has a deep awareness that every creature, not just human beings, not just animals, but every tree, every flower, every blade of grass, even the earth itself, bears the vestige, the imprint, the footprint of God's love. Everything bears the maker's mark, and therefore is capable of showing us something, revealing to us something of God's goodness and God's glory. This is a deeply sacramental way of seeing the world. Seeing the world as pointing towards the love of God. Christmas cards will soon be um, dropping through our letterboxes, I expect. One which I enjoyed a few years ago um, had no picture on it at all. It just had on the front of the card, it has in big words, be like God. And then when you open it up inside, it said, become human. <laughs> Happy Christmas. Um, become human. Of the humus of the earth, humbly living in it, gently cherishing it, dwelling within it as God does. Dave Bookless, the one of the founders of the Christian environmental organization called Arusha, he describes, he identifies his conversion moment, his conversion through Christ to the earth, with a time when he was on holiday with his family, his young family in the Scilly Isles, on the beautiful island of St. Martin's, they then rented a, a house for a fortnight. And when they arrived, he asked the, uh, the owner of the house, the only of the holiday lectures, where they, where they put their, their household rubbish. And so, well, what you do is you, you take it over the dunes there, and there's a little cove there, and you'll find where to put it. And he, uh, so after a few days, when they've got a big plastic bag full of the rubbish, napkins and all that, um, he, he went over the dunes and came to the cove. And was, he said, I was, I was deeply shocked, because the, this beautiful cove was just strewn with the whole island's rubbish. That's it just complete desecration of this beautiful, beautiful beach. And he said, I, I it came to me as a shock. I, the words, what what are we doing to God's beautiful earth? 
What are we doing? Trashing the earth. And that for him began for him began a pilgrimage to really working campaigning for a different attitude, a change of attitude, a change of heart, a change of vision in the way we see the world around us. The celebration of Christmas when it comes, and I was in Birmingham city centre last night, and it looks as though Christmas is well under the way there. And it, it, when, we, when we celebrate Christmas, it involves a valuing and rejoicing in the earth, in the humus of which we and everything is made, and which God hallows by his humble presence and redeems by his love revealed on the cross. A second insight from our faith in Christ, which this bucket of earth can remind us of, is that we are all intimately and intricately related, not just to other humans, but also to everything around us, to the earth and all it contains. We belong to the earth community. St. Francis addressed every creature, it said, by the name of brother or sister. So he spoke of brother sun and sister moon, brother fire and sister water, brother swallow, and brother, sister swallow and brother fryer, brother wolf. And he did so not just out as a fancy or on a whim, but because, but because he recognized that this is how God in Jesus Christ comes to address us. Not on high, not lording it over us, but humbly alongside us, so that we and all creatures are his brothers and sisters, revealing the familiness of all things. A familiness which is found in the very nature of God, within whom there is an essential familiness, an interdependence of mutuality, of self-offering, and of giving and receiving of love. That's what God, the Holy Trinity, is all about. Families, being brothers and sisters, interrelating with each other. And this isn't just a theological proposition. We can see it reflected throughout creation. We share 98% of our genes with those of an orangutan, and 60% of our genes with those of a banana. <laughs> we belong. We are interdependent beings. And one handful of good, fertile soil holds more microbes, more living organisms, than there are humans on this planet. Billions and billions in one handful of good soil. As any farmer will tell you, any good farmer or gardener will tell you, look after the soil. 
Recognize your relationship with it. Recognize its interdependence. Recognizing and responding and guarding this in amazing vitality and interconnectedness, this familyness, is what the COP26 conference in Glasgow was all about. It was only a small, hesitant step, maybe. There are many more steps which need to be made. Steps of recognition. Steps along the way to the full familyness by you and me to be lived out in our daily lives in the way we see and in the way we work and act in the world today. It was a small step, but please God, it was one in the right direction. Acknowledging that familyness, which is God's purpose and God's way with the world. The final insight about the world, about the earth, that our Christian understanding gives us is that it's not all about us. We belong to the earth, but the earth does not belong to us. The earth is the Lord's and its fullness, says the psalmist. We don't exist just for ourselves, and the earth doesn't exist just for itself. For everything there is a meaning and a purpose beyond itself, beyond ourselves. The earth is the Lord's in its fullness. We and the stuff in this bucket exist in order that we may live in relation to the God who loves us, who sustains us, who gives his life for us, who longs for our fulfillment and the fulfillment of his whole creation, of the earth itself, in him, longs for its completion. Today is uh, the final Sunday of the Christian calendar. Next Sunday is Advent Sunday. When we begin again, we begin the Christian cycle again. In some churches, this final Sunday of the year is known as the Feast of Christ the King, an acknowledgement and a celebration that the risen, the crucified, risen and ascended Jesus Christ has fulfilled, has completed all that the Father purposes for the whole of creation. It's a sign of what this is the world, what the world is for. Jesus Christ in his death and resurrection shows us what we and the earth and in this bucket are about to live in loving union with God. Towards the end of his life, uh, St. Francis composed a song, a canticle, a canticle of the creatures in which every creature gives praise to God. And it was so lovely to have that song sung at the beginning of this service. All creatures of our God and King, prepared, written by St. Francis of Assisi, beginning with the words, Laudato si, ore Signore, 
Be praised, my Lord, through all your creatures. Be praised by Brother Sun, through Sister Moon, with Brother Fire and Sister Water, and so on. In writing that canticle, Francis is just simply echoing the Psalms. I mean, Psalm 148, for instance, says almost exactly the same thing. Recognizing that creation itself is continually praising God. A great harmony of song being offered continually by everything, by everything being and doing what it's called to be and to do. The sun by shining, the moon by gleaming, the plants by growing and blooming and bearing fruit. Mother Earth herself gives praise to God through her sustenance, and humans are called to join the chorus through their speech, through our speech, through our service, the tilling and keeping business, and through our creativity. All that we do that is creative has the potential to give praise and worship and glory to the creator of all. The tragedy, the disaster of the climate crisis is that we humans, we of the humus of the earth, seem to have forgotten the tune of that song. We become tone deaf to it. And the hope, the hope of COP26, and the hope, our hope in Christ the King, is that we are beginning just beginning by our actions and by the grace of God to join, to rejoin the choir and to sing in harmony to the praise and glory of God's holy name. So be it. So be it, Lord. Amen. Amen. For more information about Hardwick Evangelical Church, please click the website link in our bio.